0: I feel like most people know you, so I don't think we need to do a ton of background, Chase. But but I do think, you know, we might have some listeners who uh, who are newer to the space and maybe aren't familiar with how Twitter famous you are and maybe don't know much about your background. Or maybe people have been following you for a while and you just haven't shared much about your background. So should we can we start with maybe just like a, a brief, how'd you wind up on Solana?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I was an engineer for uh, about 11 or 12 years. I can't remember. It's been so long ago because I'm a crypto boomer or I'm just a boomer (laughs) in general almost. Um, But uh, so I was I was working in like full stack Java for like by the first eight years of my career, maybe first six years or seven. And I went to full stack JavaScript working in like government contracting. I actually worked on like um, I know Nick has a military background. I actually worked um, with the sort of government, um, like military insurance, um, like program. I th- the name's eluding me at this point, but it was this massive. They used to do it by hand. It would actually like they could get one sort of insurance claim in the military done in like three months because they literally would just walk into this massive room and grab a book off of a shelf and get their pen out. And like that's how they did it. I mean, and that it sounds take, like, like government efficiency. Yes. Yeah. So we built, we, well, I mean, we, it was like 150 people built a system to sort of like make people in the military be able to get their uh, insurance claims way faster. So super boring stuff. It was horrible. It was like Spring MVC full stack stuff. And then I started exploring like Node.js and and all these different things um, in, in the JavaScript world until roughly 2017. Started buying some Ethereum, made a bunch of money, lost it all in 2018. Um, but along the way, I found this project called Kin um, and I joined a developer program that they had and like, we were like one of the top prizes. We built a tip bot on on Kin and eventually started asking for jobs and all their jobs were in Israel um, for devs and they said we have this thing called developer advocacy, uh, a developer advocate role in the US and I was like, well, what the fuck is that? Um, anyways, I really wanted to like leave my my boring sort of nine to five life and did a little bit of research on developer advocacy and relations and and how that all evolved from essentially Steve Ballmer. Um, and it was just about like teaching people how to build growing communities, like get people to like start building on a developer platform. So I did that for a couple of years. Eventually they migrated onto Solana. Um, and... As that process went through, I was involved with it. I found out about Solana like way early, like mid-2020 or something like that. And then my migration happened roughly around December. And that's when I like had learned enough about Solana and Toli and and, and everything that was going on. Um, and it, I, I say this line often, but it's like this is either like a giant scam or like this is like the next big thing you know it was like ethereum except way faster like from the outside without getting like too technical about it um and then i actually ended up. i never i always forget this part of the story but i left ken and i joined circle as a developer advocate for two days until i found out that role with solana and started dming raj and um, dan albert who's um, uh head of the foundation um, or one of the leaders of the foundation and just begging for a job and being like hey i helped you guys like do all this migration stuff from Ken to solana and then a few days later raj called me and then a few days after that i had an offer as the first like developer advocate here um all there was was someone
0: at circle someone at circle loves you yeah i brought it up to him and i two days
1: i luckily i only met him and like one other person and like he actually was super understanding i was like dude like this is it was like Circle's awesome, but like it's a very corporate sort of environment and entity where there's probably like 12 layers deep of like management systems. And like I looked over at Solana and I was like, I bet you that shit's really crazy behind the scenes. Like there's this like probably a shit show. That's where I want to work. <laughs> you just want to <laughs> work joking. when you're
2: living by the I seat of a- pants. <laughs> yeah like i was like there's
1: so much going on over there that probably is like just so crazy and like i thrive in those environments so i joined um all the were we core docs at the time so it was really just like okay what the hell do i do and i asked dan albert and he was like choose your own adventure um and i was like okay thanks for the advice um and then just started building out this part-time advocacy program, which Jacob and Donnie and most of these guys eventually got hired from. It's just like watching and observing where people um, were, were having problems. There was no way to build. You literally just had to go look at the code and read the tests um, <laughs> to see how to do things on Solana. This was before Solana Cook was for anything. The only thing that existed was the Pollux escrow tutorial outside of the core docs, and that's all people had. So only people like... Giga brains like Armani and like Max from Mango and, and, a, and a handful of these other guys could even figure out how to build on Solana. Everybody else was just like, I don't even know how to send a transaction. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty much the start of it. And like, now here we are.
0: Now, now they're like all of us noobs have such an easy path. By yeah, comparison. so much easier. There's yeah, a lot less it's glass
2: pretty, now, it's but decently... it's still, there's still like some some glass to chew.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the glass actually gets chewed by some of the more, like, lower-level infrastructure people. Like, if you're coming on to build dApps, like, you're not really chewing a ton mm-hmm. of glass. There's so many composable pieces. You, like, a lot of times, you don't even need to write smart contracts anymore because all the little, just, like, plug yeah. and play, which is, like, the ultimate Composability, and, like, that's, like, what yeah, the it's whole, the goal. Yeah, that was the whole thing, and, like, now people are seeing, like, oh, shit, like, I don't have to do an NFT smart contract or I don't have to, like do all these other things you know you have like messaging let's we'll say dialect you have nfts with metaplex you have gum for socials and like these things just like more and more of that stuff keeps happening so it's super exciting to see it
0: one of the coolest things to me when i first started learning solana was that i could spin up tokens and nfts all from a client and not have to deploy a program like it, it definitely it's it's weird, right? Because the the programming model in Solana is, I think, quite challenging. Even even now, it's it's significantly easier, and it's and it's getting easier. But it is kind of a different paradigm. But so it's like on the one hand, steep learning curve, but on the other, you don't need to do program development for a, a huge uh, subset of of use cases. You can just do it all from a client. Which is super awesome because it means the lift for, for a lot of people is actually just like, Oh, here's you know, the five functions you need to use from the web three package. Yeah. And like have at
1: it. I think there's this I s- there's this common misconception that people were weary of like building on blockchain. Cause I have to learn rust. I have to write smart contracts. The reality is these are numbers. So I'm pulling out of my ass, but like, it's probably roughly true. Is it like the demand for devs in blockchain is probably 80% like front end client mm-hmm. work and then 20% smart Absolutely. contract. And even the ones who are writing smart contracts will tell you that 20% of their time is writing the smart contracts. The other 80% is trying to figure out how the hell to get that to work with their react front end. <laughs>
0: Exactly. No, that that's exactly right. It might even be more extreme than that, right? Like it might even be like ninety ten. It's I've I've been approached by a number of people for projects, and it's almost overwhelmingly like they they they. It's kind of pitched as like, hey, we're doing this thing on the blockchain. But once we really dig into the spec of what they want to build, it's like, oh, you you want a, you want a front end that interacts with some stuff that already exists. Cool. We can we can do that fairly easily, you know. Um, that that being said that's not to diminish from the people who are digging in to like the really hard stuff because like there are still plenty of problems to solve on the blockchain and plenty of people who like do chew a shit ton of glass in order to do some really awesome stuff
1: yeah and we need those and we need those people here like now luckily there's that sort of core dev community call and you have people from like jito and the mev world and then like People from Mango and there's like a lot of people think like Solana Labs is not the only person building out the blockchain right now. There's tons and tons of contributors outside of of that core team and and without those people, like I always like I always like to make like I don't even like people to go directly personally to go directly to Anchor. It's like here, learn some of these concepts of Rust so you at least understand what's happening under the hood. Um, but we need those people that are still chewing glass because there's a lot of like very low-level stuff that, that still needs to be solved. Um, so j- basically, people chewing glass so everybody else doesn't have to is sort of like the meme around that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you started as as sort of sole dev advocate, um, you'd already been in dev ad- advocacy for, it sounds like, a year or so? Uh, yeah, long. it was like a year and a half a or, or two, two years. Yeah. Two years. OK, so closer, probably closer to two years. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like how your approach to developer advocacy has scaled because it it clearly has, like you, you are everywhere on Twitter and somehow like know everyone. Uh, and I'm, I'm super curious to know how that journey was for you going from like, yeah, I just know a couple of people in the space and like, I'm here to support them to, oh, I'm trying to track tens of thousands of people in the space and still make meaningful connections for people still make sure people get the resources they need you know like you you've done a phenomenal job i think of connecting people and i'm super curious to know how how you like what that journey was like
1: for you i guess yeah i mean i just made it all up as I went along, <laughs> I had no idea. Because at Ken, it was like you're we trying to beg people to come and build on Ken because it was like lesser known or whatever. And then Solana came around and there's just this massive sort of uh, the opposite problem. This massive amount of people that needed information now. One person could not like actually do that. So it was just like scale through the community. Like I said, I, I watched Discord to see who were the altruistic contributors in the ecosystem. I'd send them a DM like this like weird LinkedIn like crypto guy like asking like what they're up to. And, and started eventually finding there was a lot of people who just wanted to help. And I put them all on a Discord. Um, Jacob Creech and some of these who leads DevRel now is like one of them. Um, and just asked them if they would like help write like content or just continue doing what they're doing. Like just making a relationship so they stuck around, continued to do Discord support or like write a piece of content on how to do a thing. Um, and eventually that turned into content being created. And then I would share it on Twitter and then eventually it became this thing where like I was the only content distributor of Solana, you know, everybody else is building, nobody else is working on content. So somebody would write it, share it with me. I would retweet it. And then this flywheel of everybody like wanting to be the first to like write the first piece of content on this thing would send it to me. And that's sort of how my Twitter presence grew is like people would follow me because they would see the latest greatest stuff now we have a ton more efforts and and obviously at some point in time through that process um italo over at ironforge who you obviously know was like this is horrible to find content (laughs) on here i have this idea for something (laughs) called soul dev and i was like i was gonna do that but if you want to do that i'll give you a grant and then i don't have to do it and then he did and, and it basically became like an early days which is being revamped now obviously but back then it was like Just a content aggregator categorized um, so you could find smart contracts, security, like front end stuff. So it was a really helpful tool um, in the very beginning. And then another portion, another sort of element of this early stage was like Super Team. They, when Jacob and Donnie started building the Solana Cookbook, they wrote probably 80% of it. They basically took their Super Team, which was like very unknown at the time, and just deployed them at Cookbook to fill that whole thing out. And then if they contributed, they got this glass eater NFT. And like, that was like, sort of like the very beginning, of a lot of this stuff.
2: That's cool. I didn't know that thing about the glass nice. eater NFT. I love that. Uh, it, it sounds yeah. like one of the things that Colin has one. Does he really? Colin. Um,
1: yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I
2: believe that. Uh, so you have, there's like this general theme of like developer education. That's just been getting better and better through all the different means of, of everything that foundation does. And then throughout the entire ecosystem, What's your kind of viewpoint on, I guess, like general Solana education of where the pitfalls are now and like where it can kind of go to the future. Like spoiler alert, there's a job opening that is going to fill that, uh, that gap
1: there. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, like, like, especially with Nick, I know you're like working on a lot of docs. That was a huge pain point. Our documentation never actually taught anybody anything except like, the, it showed you an RPC um, like stuff. It had some programming model stuff and then some big, massive paragraphs that literally didn't teach you how to build mm. anything. They just talked about the programs on Solana. So it wasn't really, it was good for people who were interested in that and like learning about the programming model, but it didn't teach you how to build. This is the, then the cookbook sort of filled that gap. It's like, you know, lots of young learners like to use these sort of like code snippets and like sort of like shorter form like information um and and since then i think we have james who i contacted and begged him to build a course um over a year ago at this point i think um and filled a lot of those gaps but i don't i think one of the gaps that's really missing is like we we talk devrel sort of mostly focuses on um sort of base level like building on solana but what's really missing is vertical focused education like there's no real true DeFi education or there's no like there's nft education there's no DeFi education there's there's a handful of like payments like there's some out there but i think there's some gaps there i think advanced content is missing as well you know like but it took a long time to just start to fill those little micro gaps but now gaming's becoming a big thing and we have like jonas is on devrel who's like focused on that so it's like the second that you think that you have all the gaps filled and you have enough mind space to start looking around you're like holy shit there's like a thousand more things that we haven't been thinking about because we were so focused like there, there's there's unlimited gaps there's I think um, you can depending on how granular you go but like James's course was one of the best like sort of starting points because we talked about this on Twitter it's like this was never meant to be like, the course that everybody uses to learn Solana, this is like the order of operations on how we think that would be most efficient to learn it. Um, And then you can, other people can take that, spin it off, add to it, do more things with it. So um, that's my general thing. I think, I I think Nick, you would probably have a better insight (laughs) just like sort of being a little bit newer around here to like where you think some of the gaps are. Um, I mean,
2: like broadly there's a lot of, there has been the last, I'd say, like year and a half, there's been a lot of more entry level content like we were just talking about. And like a lot of those gaps are being filled partially by the the course that James has been working on. And there's like the little, the the more, I guess, like wholesome, like full, like module within the course of like, here's like Solana Pay, like here's how to do everything with Solana Pay. And like you get like the full uh, spectrum of all the basics, but yeah, I agree. There's definitely a lack of more advanced content of how to do different specific things, and I think that's like generally with the within the DevRel team, like that's kind of one of our goals is to make a lots more content, but b making it so <laughs> in a way the the advanced things that a lot of companies and projects are built on, like having that like reference implementations and and reference code of how to understand how those different things work, having that just available to the community, I I think is just going to foster so much more cool projects that actually get built to make it so a, there's more open source, everything which is, is a net positive for the entire ecosystem, but making it so like more and more cool projects and more and more cool businesses get built doing more and more cool things and just kind of getting that flywheel going and just expanding faster and faster.
1: Yeah, I think the reference reference um, implementation example was like a really good thing that's missing. There's there's a lot out there, but like some of these are very meaty sort of like projects, but there's no, nothing that's like super digestible. And you create those reference implementations, you give it some good documentation, mm-hmm. you let people really sort of like understand how it works. And maybe they take that and build on top of it. Maybe they just go build something similar. So I think that's an important part. And I also know that you guys have been working on a bootcamp. So, oh, like, a bootcamp!
2: Cool. Never heard of one.
1: <laughs> uh, so you,
0: you both you both have more insight into this than I do, I'm sure. Are, I mean, obviously there's got to be a two pronged approach here, and so both matter. But I'm curious when we're when we're sort of comparing the need for more devs versus the need to upskill existing devs, which of those would you say is more of a priority today? given where Solana is at right now?
1: I would say that through DevRel and through like, uh, for context, I spend a lot of my time, like just sort of scouting the world for educators, like, um, that would be that want to teach Solana, whether it's in India, Turkey, Africa, like we're all sort of trying to find those taking something like your course, James, and handing it over that for them to teach. There's this like, you've been part of it, like Nas Academy, um, which is taking place that had, thousands of signups and like hundreds of people going through this. I think we're really, really good at top of funnel. Um, almost too good that there's like a lack of opportunities. Um, and the only way to really create opportunities is to create new projects. So, and, and I think we do really good and people were able to get up on speed to Solana pretty well right now. And like we can do it like very quickly I think the getting somebody from like I know how to build on Solana to like I'm comfortable enough to like ship to mainnet on Solana um and that's probably where my bias is towards is more so the upskilling.
0: The upskilling. So you you mentioned in passing another thing, you sort of in addition to upskilling, which is like having a place to land once you're upskilled. Having having a project to work on whether it's your own or, or like working for another protocol or project. Um, that does not seem that almost seems like a much harder problem. Um, right. Like the, the, the path to train devs while, while it was a struggle for a while while we were figuring it out, it's like it, it is a fairly deterministic path. We understand how to teach people how to develop on Solana amongst other things, right? The path to, Someone you know, creating someone who like understands end users and create and can create like a a product that people actually want. That seems way more abstract, and maybe that's outside the scope of like dev advocacy. But also, it it sound you even mentioning it makes it seem like yeah, it is tangential and and related. And I'm curious like how much of your mind space is taken up thinking about how do we get uh better like product people, I guess.
1: In, yeah. So in the space. I think. I think. we're talking about two separate things both are important one is upskilling a dev to where like he could actually build a product and like that that would be like secure and like have all this like all the sort of skills to, to to really truly ship something like and be comfortable with that like you know there's like this flow of like you do a tutorial then you go to some one of these lightweight boot camps and then you move on to something like Web3 Builders Alliance, which they're like one of the newer educators in the space. And these guys are taking in somebody who already have skills on Solana. And then they'll they'll teach them hands-on for multiple weeks. And then they'll put them on a capstone project and work with them as they build it out. So this is sort of like the next layer of maturity. Um, but the product side is something that like Mert um, from Helios talks about a lot. I think um, if... Yeah. It, I I have this other like little stupid thing I say is like right now, crypto is mostly devs building for devs into gens (laughs) um, and not a whole lot of people for are actually thinking about like, what can I build that's going to bring in a lot of users and, uh, and actually give somebody a purpose or reason to use this thing outside of gambling. Um,
2: Yeah. I would also agree with that too. Like it's definitely a lot of devs building things that people in the space will already use not necessarily building new things to bring new people in. And that's kind of one of the the, the places that blockchain in general kind of is is really falling short of right now. Like, it, it's a bear market. I'm sure people are building really cool things, and I've, I've seen cool things, but not really something that is going to really bring in the next large wave of, of new people to the space. And that's kind of what we need. The
0: The interesting thing, right, is, is like... Both of those things matter, and and I don't think you can wait. On, it's like I don't think you can wait for mainstream adoption to have developers ready. It's like developers need to be ready to build stuff before that happens. So so I mean I guess an example of how I'm thinking about it is is like take a project like Dialect for example. If Dialect becomes the thing that onboards a bunch of like end users rather than devs, it's like their team's going to explode quickly in order to keep up with. with with like the demand for their product and those devs need to exist and be capable and ready to like step in and and work on that project.
2: I mean, that's partially where um, all the different education aspects come in the, the tutorials, the guides, full courses, full, you know, full education pipeline to make sure that, that, that when projects do actually take off and they need to scale with more people, there are people available. So it's, it's, it's building up that flywheel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, like I said, we were, we're, we're doing really well with getting lots of new people in and like it, it really, at that point, once you've gone through a bootcamp or you've been educated, it really becomes this sort of personal choice on whether you decide to go deeper. These are like these Mm bootcamps, like one, they teach you how to build, but two, they're also sort of this like marketing world to sort of like, like the build spaces to get people interested. But the ones that become like, more successful are the ones that just decide to go for it. Like like I'll give an example, like Tensor. Tensor, I met like one of the co-founders two years ago just talking in Discord and he just stuck around and kept grinding it out and they just now saw success two years later. Not everybody has that sort of grit and, and willingness to stick around for, for that amount of time um, without some sort of opportunity or guaranteed opportunity at the end of it. That's another missing piece. It's like connecting these devs Two opportunities, whether it's founding a company or joining a team, because running through a boot camp does not qualify you to like get hired at a company. To, yeah, like, agreed. I mean, for the most part, some people do have that um, like ability coming out of one of those. It's just all personal thing, but like the majority just don't. You know, you you a lot of people when when they're building on Solana, what I've noticed is like don't even really know what cryptography is. You know, they 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 just start building a DApp and. They don't even have that backbone of like, what does this actually mean? So um, there's some things around that. Um, overall, there, there's a lot of work to be done, but really connecting devs to opportunities, the ones that are ready is also like this missing gap. When you look at it, as like a funnel, like you're bringing them in, they're doing some things, they're getting through. Then they finally go through something like WBA and they're ready. And it's like, now it's like, how do I get that person in front of the right people to, to get an opportunity without having to like apply on LinkedIn and get stuck in a stack of resumes. Like we've, lots of people do this, like on chain credentialing, but like, is that meaningful to people that are hiring? Maybe, but probably not really, unless there was just some hardcore certification program that like proves that you are like top quality developer. Um, so
0: what do you, uh, I mean, what's your hypothesis
1: for, this the solution to that um i mean like there's a there, there, there's some like really in the middle solutions which is like jobs.solana.com and earn.superteam.fun but like in a scalable way i have no idea and i think about this a lot like what's the most scalable way because if if that like if you have these teams and it's like two guys and they're hiring one person and then you then you just trained up like a thousand people, like how do you solve that problem? Like grants and bounties is like, it's it's starting to become a gig economy in crypto, which I think is totally fine. It like lets you like test out, like I need some contract work done. You build up a little bit of resume. A lot of times like Armani literally hires people straight out of GitHub that he's never met before because they're contributing. I love that. So <laughs> this is weird. This is weird for like, people like in the web to space, this is why students can get used to this. And, and like people from colleges can get used to it earlier. But like you talked about like some mid career um, person like James, um, like why would he come over here to into crypto when he has a nice cushy job and he knows he can't just apply through LinkedIn. And I like got to go like do a PR on GitHub to get a job like no fucking way. Um, so, it's. It's. I don't know if there's like a real solid answer right now. We need more job creation, and we need better things that that attract other people. Like, hey, I would love an example. Like, dialect. Like, they've built a really killer product. That's something that exists in Web two, and it's now starting to exist in Web three. Like, that would be something that a Web two person might be really interested like to work on. Um, but an NFT like marketplace or um, some DeFi protocol, that's not as attractive because they might not understand it. So
2: yeah, I think it's like a really well, hard thing to solve because like inherently with with and I, I feel strongly about this phrase, but like we are early, that classic phrase. And it's like, yeah, it's still an early space and developers and, and people that are building projects and companies, they are inherently lean and they don't need to have a lot of Uh, like personnel power in order to accomplish whatever their jobs to be done is. So it's like they like tensor is basically what two, three people and they're, they've uh, taken over uh, magic Eden in 24 hour NFT volume. Like that's super impressive, but they don't need to hire 10, 15, 20, hundred people in order to maintain where they're at. Like they'll probably hire some, but a lot of, a lot of the, quote-unquote web three companies that are getting traction with their products they're very lean teams and they just don't need to hire and that's kind of it's a blessing and a curse I guess because like you're 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 getting a really good product and, and it's getting a lot of adoption but you hire like one one quote-unquote 10x dev and you're just off to the races you don't need to hire 15 people
1: yeah I it just it just boils down to we just like right now you're seeing a lot of people build a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like until we like get out of that, um, it's it's just it's just going to be a challenge for a while. But right now it's just like you don't want to stop that educational flywheel because you train a thousand people. If five of those come out of there and they start a business and become extremely successful, then it was all worth it. Um, and then the other ones might long tail come back whenever they like decide to peep back in. And they were the first blockchain they were exposed to was Solana, and then they come back one day. So it's really hard to gauge. Like, that's one of the more challenging things how well you're doing. You can't, you're not, you didn't build some developer platform where you can, you can check the number of API, unique um, API requests uh, because. So, like, there's no way to, the only way we can track is open source repos that have Solana code in them. But as we know, that's a much lower percentage than the closed source projects mm-hmm. because it's very competitive on Solana um, and you can build real products and the competition is fierce. So there's just, people are less inclined to, to open source that code. It's it's It sucks, but it's like, not every yeah. like Solana didn't inherit the, the ethos of open source like Bitcoin and, and Ethereum did. And like, a lot of people if you talk to them they're not ethereum conversions these are like solana's mostly crypto or like solana yeah, native like, like almost the majority of them all this was their first blockchain
0: yeah i yeah I'm, i mean look there's there's a theme to like a lot of these things that we're talking about which which is hey they're challenging problems um, and they were challenging problems 2 years ago 3 years ago and and like the so, the team you and the team have have like slowly worked through them and and come really far so i have no doubt that that like two years from now everything we're talking about now will feel like it's been solved or so much further along i want i want to switch gears slightly and 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 be like these are really hard problems uh what motivates you personally to stick with it like like what makes you day in day out be like this is worth me solving. This is worth me paying attention to and giving my heart and soul to.
1: I mean, no, number one, I, I I actually truly believe that there's there's some real things that 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 blockchain does solve and like lots of things around identity and and like just like like owning your own assets, right? Like having custody of your own stuff and and DeFi. But my personal motivation is more on the side of like when I was an engineer and I was like struggling with a problem and then I finally solved it, it was like such a good feeling. But for now, it's like building out this education or like helping somebody get to that next stage and then receiving a message back and saying like, hey, I now work for X company thanks to like this thing that you did. Like that's the real reward that I get, you know, like that's sort of like my sort of motivating factor that. You know, you're contributing to something that you believe in that has a real strong future, even though right now it's like people are still somewhat skeptical of it. But for me personally, it's like I think I'm with the right blockchain that has the best chance to actually solve this if it's solvable, like in terms of real use cases and and just being able to, to be part of building out that um, framework to where one day you don't really need to to full, like just being at the beginning of something that you know is going to evolve into something like a hundred times better is just a rewarding feeling. And watching people, like take the things that that Devrel does and that like that all these other groups that I work with and that we work with are doing, uh, it's just a really good feeling to see the successes out of that. That's what keeps me motivated personally.
0: So, so on the one hand, you're a true believer in Solana. <laughs> Well, in block, you're a true believer in blockchain technology. You're a true believer in Solana, and it sounds like it is incredibly rewarding for you personally to feel like you have helped people on an individual level.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it's just like the greatest feeling ever. I mean, like, I, I, I under even though that I don't like physically teach people, like, if I contributed to it in some way, I can see why somebody who is a teacher is, is so rewarded, like, feels so rewarded to like help people like advance in, in their lives and careers, you know, and, and the, and another one is yeah. working with groups like super team and o- honestly bringing like a lot of like opportunity to places in this world that don't have it in their normal day that can now go virtual and, and like change their lives and their families' lives because of the financial opportunities that exist and that web three is, has sort of been enabling. Um, that's also another motivating factor.
0: Yeah. Love that. Nice. I love I love that. For for what it's worth, right? Is is like maybe you didn't personally teach me Solana, but but like everybody I know in the space, I know through you. And and like me going from I've been hired to do a job to I I actually like, oh, I also think this is like the chain that has the best chance of of making this work and I want to stick with it. Like is is because of the community that you've created, right? Like I was lucky enough to sort of get embedded in that sort of Twitter online community that you've created, and that's and that's the thing that that kept me around.
1: And I didn't create it. it, it like I, I I call it this sort of like right place, right time, right people situation, where like Toli was super vocal, and then you had Armani come along, who's like building Anchor and and like and and working on one of the first wallets on Solana. And then there was like a hand like and there was the team from Mango was there pretty early. And a lot of these just sort of like really smart people like that were just like on there that were willing to help you literally debug your code on Twitter. And like that culture was actually bred mostly on Twitter by just people being willing to help.
0: That's that's fair and humble of you to call out that you didn't create it. I will I will concede that maybe you are not the He's sole just creator, the but big, He's just Sherpa. He's just us along. You are a you are a big part of the, you are a big part of that community, and uh, and you more than anyone I've seen, I think, bring people into that community and try to make them feel welcome and a part of it. That can that can be hard, right? Like seeing that there is a community is not the same as feeling like I can join that community. Yeah. And I think, I think that's like, and and I feel like your, your persona has tried to make that a welcoming environment so that people feel like, Oh, this is, I can do this. I can integrate with this community and, and belong.
1: Yeah. And like, like, that's why, like I say dumb stuff on Twitter because it's like, just like shit posting with everybody because like, it makes you relatable. You don't feel like this, like on like unattainable person it's the same with Tolley, the same with austin federa like you want to be able to like be in that community and know what it feels like to actually understand what like people are saying and, and, and feeling and it's like such a unique thing like and also i'm addicted to twitter but like that's a different story <laughs> <laughs> but my goal my goal was Small, my goal was to slices. hang up my my twitter spurs and like let nick nick take over being chased for a while
2: Ooh. perfect <laughs> big shoes to fill. Nick, you gotta, you gotta like 30x. That I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right, make make this happen. You can just
1: buy one of those like hundred thousand follower bot accounts oh and just port your name over. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Is all Is that all how the... you did it, Chase? No, was that, that the... <laughs> No, I started with one um, follower. Um, but yeah, I forget what I was gonna say now.
0: I uh, derailed. <laughs> no, I was yeah. actually gonna say like buying,
1: all the all this all the scam <laughs> all the scam in NFT projects that like literally. Um, the it's the worst first tweet. They have like two hundred fifty thousand followers. You're like, hmm, interesting.
0: <laughs> You're like, that seems. Sus. <laughs> That's that. Honestly, like that is the embodiment of the of the worst aspects of crypto culture. Is is that right there? And if you can, and if you can push that aside and and sort of get past that, I think there is a world of like legitimate awesome uh, stuff inside of the world of crypto. But it, it, I can def, I definitely can empathize with people who are new to it and feeling like this feels a little scammy. I don't know if this right Uh, to those people, I would say like, there's more beyond that. Trust me, you know, like figure out how to be a user and how to stay safe. And like, there's really cool stuff. And there's cool people building cool things. And, and yeah, it, it, it honestly, more than anything, that's what it is right now is cool people building cool things. Right. And I think there are a couple of solid use cases And I have a lot of hope that there will be 10, a hundred, a thousand times the use cases, you know, three to 10 years from now. It's kind of my, my personal thought.
2: Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. (laughs) All right, great. I guess let's go ahead and wrap it here. Like this was great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, Chase and sharing your thoughts on the broader education uh, within Solana and kind of your backstory. It's been great.
1: Yeah, man. Like it's cool. Like I'm, I'm happy to join. It's like a, two of my um familiar shit posting friends online (laughs) it's always good to like join a podcast with them but uh, i mean like i think the future is is bright for for solana and future solana developers it's getting easier day by day like again like nick and and jacob and the rest of the DevRel team producing everything from workshops to boot camps to like to to new verticals like gaming and and the stuff it doesn't it will start to get a little more attention as as the website may or may not be getting upgraded and and sometime in the near Ooh, near to distant mm-hmm. future. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and, and and also probably nice. hopefully some good like some nice marketing efforts around this because I think one of the hardest parts and you see this feedback a lot is like I can't find how to build on Solana and it's like did you look? But like this is also <laughs> our own fault because it's like there's the discoverability problem mm-hmm. and like this boils down to SEO. Yeah. But anyways, I won't dive back into it. Um, I appreciate you guys having me. This is really cool.
0: Yeah, dude. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Um, thanks for you know, thanks yeah, for your thoughts. Thanks a lot. The the education in the space, you know, what, what devs need, that kind of stuff. I think I think I think it's helpful, right? Like and, and, and yeah. anyone who's listening who wants to get involved and wants to help out with Solana education and, and sort of making content, definitely, definitely reach out to any of the three of us. I think. I think all three of us here are really invested in making that happen and can either immediately bring you onto a project to help with content related stuff or point you in the right direction to to find stuff to to work on
1: cool well thanks guys um yeah thank you see you you here on twitter in a few minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) you should post in here in a minute all right to all the followers uh next week we'll we'll see y'all